Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. Hello, everyone. Um, we are doing a new segment today. Um, the first of many, if we end up doing more, which is just going to be Q&A. So last week, um, uh, some of us posted like a story on Instagram and asked um, you to send in any questions. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be watch related and you did not disappoint. So we're only going to be answering some of the questions. And um, there's the, some that's, you know, more appropriate than others but we don't um, discriminate. So uh, you ask and we will answer. We're Starting... actually going through all of them, aren't we, right? We're not missing any. Uh, there's a couple. So, and a lot of people ask repetitive, like, you know, similar okay. questions. So um, we'll see how many we can get through uh, within about, you know, an hour. And if we don't get through all of them, we'll just do them next time. So let's start with... Um, the first question, which a few people have asked, which is, what is your latest purchase? Doesn't have to be watch-related. Huh? Oh. oh, then I'll go first. So, you know how, because this is so random, it's not watch-related, right? So I left and I went to Singapore, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I left a one luggage and came back with an additional two. And you would <laughs> think I bought all these souvenirs and whatever. I only bought tennis clothes. So I ended up buying uh, two tennis rackets, uh, one for this uh, coach I met in Chiang Mai, which I need to go back to Chiang Mai just to give him that racket. Mm. And then um, just shoes and just tennis clothes. That's it. Mm. Headbands? Oh yeah, headbands. Everything needs to match. Sweatbands, headbands, change my shoelace. Every day is just, yeah. White socks. Yeah, white socks. I got Miffy edition socks. Has to be white socks. What what's, yeah. what's, what what are Miffy socks? Miffy, the Japanese cartoon the, with the, the rabbit. The rabbit. Uh, so what are they made out of? No, it's it's not rabbit fur. It's still a sock. A normal. Is it sock. like cotton? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, because yeah. like I mean, the only reason why I'm asking is because if you, you know, if people do sports probably know like cotton socks feel okay but then once you like go for this like sweat like wicking kind of sock right yeah which was sports yeah honestly it's so hard to go back to cotton socks because it's so comfortable like when you do well maybe I just have sweaty feet but (laughs) like I'm sure everybody when they're playing tennis they're gonna get sweaty right so yeah I noticed that when I was hiking with you long that I went to the um, Nike store and I picked up these I was just picking up any socks really and I thought, oh, I'll wear those. And then I was like, whoa, it's so comfortable, you know, compared to like cotton socks. It's a bit like, um, I don't know if you guys, do you know how Under Armour originally started? No. No, Under Armour. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, you know, um, American footballers, right? So yeah, I think I'm right in saying they used to wear like a cotton like shirt underneath their, you know, a whole thing. That used <gasps> oh, to be that's... just very very sweaty they just it's just was such a poor poor thing of like getting rid of sweat Mm. and then Mm. he made that kind of 
not lycra material but he applied that material you know what i'm talking about right mm, mm, that material mm. into there and then people like the fast out. dry type that's how it started mm. yeah. so i'm talking about that kind of material but for a song it's actually really good that's okay. weird never tried but i'll i'll take a look yeah check it out check it out I mean, for like, anybody who's you like running as well yeah right. best best socks for working out is um so far from what yeah. i've tried are the speed socks from lulu speed socks yeah they're the the low top low low yeah. cut with the little pole tab at, around the ankle and they have mm-hmm. added support around the heel and the toes like extra grip i think i think they're called speed socks um but they sell them in like three packs they're a little bit expensive but yeah. fast dry um really like washer friendly and basically you take them out of the washer after it spins you know sometimes you have to put it in the dryer but then those socks like right after you wash it and after it spins it's it comes out as dry so yeah those are my the go all right my last purchase right and you've got to bear in mind that uh i've been in quarantine so <laughs> i haven't I really paper. been out buying anything it was a protein shake that's <laughs> not even important yeah i know but last the last purchase is definitely protein shake like that that is actually like an honest answer i can't i can't do anything about yeah. that yeah but don't you have to stock up on like toilet paper and stuff i stocked up tissues? way before that wasn't my last purchase that's definitely oh. an early purchase nobody wants to uh. This is, you know, during quarantine, everybody's worried about food. And then halfway through, I was like thinking, oh, do you know what toilet paper is going to be important? So we, we <laughs> stocked up really early and didn't leave it to the last like two, three rolls. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to say a watch, but then you guys all didn't say a watch. So I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but it is your watch though. Your last purchase is theoretically a watch, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like not the last thing i bought but i was i thought we were gonna say watches um but anyways my last purchase was a vintage paddock perpetual but my actual like last purchase i just bought today it's a pair of um air force one olives it's in kind of like this tie-dyed um tie-dyed military green aka like my favorite color and then it has um it's a Chinese edition. So it has the Nike instead of Nike on the back. And it's it's made in this like military um, canvas material. So. Oh, wow. It's so cool. It's. It, this. Yeah, because I get my shoes like I don't really clean them. And I think those are good for the summer and can't really get dirty um, very easily. So it's so nice. Oh, thank you. Okay, so those were our last purchases. Next question. Um, a lot of people ask about paddock, actually. And a very interesting one that was asked was, um, if you were the head of paddock for a day, what would you do? And actually, I, okay, so that's the first question. But then I was having a conversation with another listener on Instagram um happy 60 minutes i don't know his name yeah uh are we allowed to say it maybe not happy 60 minutes and he asked the question if you could bring back um actually i think i asked him or 
was it vice versa? If you could bring back like any traditional design from Paddock, like what would you do? So let's combine the two. If you were the head of Paddock for a day, what would you do? And if you were to bring back one design, what would you bring back? First of all, if I'm the head of Paddock, I would allocate all the watches to us. (laughs) 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 Okay, but realistically, I would just um, first set the production number higher for the coming a few months mm. so at least we would still be able to get pieces yeah yeah um no just add all our names to like the vvvvvip list yeah basically enter the whatever excel sheet or whatever system yeah yeah and push our phone <laughs> okay um <laughs> if and i then, was had a pattern and then what design would you bring that it, it won't be like like there's no like facelift whatever it's like just no more of the oh uh well yeah you can do whatever you want oh that's that's really hard okay it's really then let's do like a design that they used to make but don't make anymore um actually Actually, honestly, I would just do like something simple. Like say I say they had a 3940, right? I would just remake it, but maybe in lots of different materials or make it in steel. Mm. And then oh. um, put the price point like 15 to 20,000 USD. And then um, it can be like an entry level watch for people who want to get into the brand. But it's everything like that you need to learn about paddock and love about paddock at so, such a good entry price yeah like a steel perpetual yeah dude i don't even think they've ever made it. that would be really sick yeah that would be yeah yeah you dan mm, if i was heather paddock i would really look at the modern lineup the whole collection and i want to see like how i mean they'd probably do this anyway but I would want to see what's selling and really what is not selling. And I'm because the reason is I'm not that impressed with modern Patek by the moment on um, <clears> the, the product offering. So I really wonder how everything is faring. You know, are all of these watches like all of them performing really well? And I would, you know, ones that were really flagging, I just wouldn't have any doubt. I'd just cut them, you know, mm-hmm. um, and really try and bring back. Uh, I don't know, just you feel you feel somewhat that Patek is kind of trading on the name Patek and less on mm-hmm. like product offering, you know. Uh, it's really hard to think of, you know, pieces that you think, wow, you know, they are really amazing. I really cannot live with that, you know. Uh, but if you were to choose one from the current catalog, mm-hmm. sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, what? What's the question? What would you What would you choose if you had to? The world time. Yeah, but you can't get it in yellow gold now. It's Mm-mm. in white gold, and it, it doesn't look right. To be honest, it doesn't. I, I don't know if it's one of those which takes adjustment. You know, oh, because mm. I've seen it in yellow gold, and it'll take a while mm. before I actually appreciate it in white gold. Mm. It's like that balance where it's either going to happen where I see it or I don't see it, and I think I might not see. It. I think that watch just looks the best in yellow gold. 
like yeah. white gold that's, just that's the worst thing isn't it when you get a watch right and you think yeah do you know what it's nice but i would prefer it in yellow gold or yeah. a different material it's a crap feeling yeah um i don't know ah 5370 okay yeah i wouldn't mind uh double yeah like split yeah enamel dial kind of discreet kind of me which dial color would you choose black yeah, yeah. oh that's okay, okay. so something <clears throat> like that I, I wouldn't actually feel like oh you know i have to get like a a minute repeater because obviously yeah money no you, you you would go there but then if you ask me like what i actually like yeah yeah i, I probably would but say 5370 if you are the ceo for one day you're mm. gonna go in and check which watch is performing well <laughs> or are you gonna make sure you hire me and jack to run the company after you leave <laughs> like, <laughs> or would you go into the safe and just take all the watches and go home no he would literally just be like hey you know what fuck you guys i'm the head for one day i'm gonna say something that none of you are like um brave enough to say which is oh, maybe, yeah maybe that no, i'd set myself up yeah. and i'd say like okay if you're gonna answer like that then i'd say okay i'd, I'd go on the way to this podcast and do an interview yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> That's fine, but I thought you would like change the uniform and make the skirts short <laughs> and then fire all the men. <laughs> I can t- I can see you doing that though. Like just to, just to do it. I don't think I'd have enough time. I think I'd just say, you know, like yeah, I just have enough time to interview for my assistant. Mm. Um I think if I you know, your question about bringing a watch back, I don't think I would. Like, really? Yeah, because... Guys, I have a watch romance, that I want to bring back. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, the fact that is, like... I mean, you've seen brands that bring bring watches back, like Omega. Mm. Uh, sometimes even Rolex kind of do it in kind of a way. But mm. these reissues, they're never as, they're never as good as the original. And if anything, it detracts from the original. The fact that you can't get these anymore is what makes it so special. And do mm-hmm. you really want to bring it back? Like, I think I, I think that's a strong thing about Patek is they appreciate their success, but they don't live in that past, like, you know, past design. You know, what's done is done. They try and mm. change it. It doesn't always work fair to them. Like, you know, I... We all, I think, can agree, you know, 3448s, 1518s, 2499s. Come on, you don't have to be that clever to think, oh, you know, if you bring back some of those. Yeah, so I wouldn't bring back anything from the past because it kind of makes, well, detracts from what the original was. And when we look at brands that do that, it, it never really kind of, it's just feel like a quick money grab, doesn't it? doesn't mm-hmm. help the brand. Um, mm-hmm. And let's, I mean, come on, 3448. 2499 1518 I'm sure you know that they, they wouldn't have a problem selling those again right mm-hmm. um but I'm I think sure it takes more courage to hold back. it just takes more courage to hold back and not bring those back and yeah sometimes Patek I know I kind of just bashed them about their modern lineup but to change it tweak it and sometimes it works and just sometimes it's just not going to work right mm-hmm. so yeah I mean like apart from that uh titanium watch they did 
what I mean, they haven't even used like a huge amount of different materials that a lot of brands, you know, have explored. You know, they've mm. they've they've really not gone so gimmicky, you know, as some brands have done recently in the past few years. And mm. it's hard if you're going to innovate, you know, on a dial and go stay some to some point traditional and classic. It's still it must be really really difficult. Mm. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, um, what about you? For me, okay, so if I were the head of Patek for one day, yeah. I would, okay, I would do something that's not entirely like watch watch related. I would like just um, design a whole array of strap colors and strap combinations, like okay. crazy, crazy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, colors that they might not use or materials that they may not use just to have some fun with you know their the pairing options because we when you think about paddock like you always think about okay black or brown alligator or mm-hmm. i don't know a, a bright yellow mm-hmm. but then they could you know experiment with more um materials and like i'm a big strap person so like I actually think that paddock straps, I don't know who their OEM is, but I think paddock strap qualities are actually pretty nice compared to the other brands. They just mm-hmm. don't have that many options. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to have some fun with that and just like do crazy mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know, like, like design a watch box or like, like a travel thing, or I don't, I know they have their own, but it looks so old school. It's not fun at all. Um, and then if I were to bring back a design, dude, I was going to say Gerbert Albert, but like, I kind of agree with what Dan said. If you bring back that kind of art deco classic from the um, like 60s or 70s, it does like not make that thing very, I don't know, just not timeless, but. It's very contrived because like, we're not in an art deco period and you've designed an art deco designed watch and you know, it's really for commercial reasons, right? Yeah. It's the romance out of it. Yeah. Okay. So let me go with the question because I've got some. Okay. Uh, Pat Ho, who we've had as a guest, he messaged and he said, if you could only keep one watch for the rest of your life, what would it be? So I'm just going to, yeah. Right, so Pat Ho messaged into yeah into me, and he said uh, he asked if you can only keep one watch for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I'm going to take that as if you can only keep one. I guess it means you already kind of have it. Otherwise, you know, it would just be you know, a very open ended question. Mm. So if you could keep one watch that you already have, yeah, for the rest of your life, what would it be? <sighs> Tough. That, that's really keep one what yeah. about keep one and a half <laughs> see yeah I, I got a few like I got a couple of watches that were given to me as gifts right and so they're really meaningful and I've, I've mentioned you know yeah it's hard to like skip those but if I if I said like okay no sentimental value as in the gifts yeah which one would i actually mm-hmm. keep i don't know yeah for some reason yeah 
Oh, God, it's actually really hard. <laughs> really hard. Yeah, because you have to consider like, okay, just once, and then you have to have it like it has to be versatile, right? And then. Yeah. Anybody want to go first? <laughs> well, <clears throat> the graph or the actual, for some reason, I, I don't know why that seagull keeps coming up in my head. Okay. Like, I have I have a really strong, like, people will like think, oh, you've copped that out. But it's because of like my upbringing and my background that, and, you know, where I finally am now in China, that that watch carries a lot of meaning, you know, also because well for most of my life yeah at the beginning part of it china was not where it is now right and the way like i was seen or chinese people were seen uh abroad wasn't what it was is like now you know i don't want to say looked down upon but you know china at the time was a third world country it wasn't wealthy and you know to when we look at watches, you know, when we talk about Chinese watches, they are looked down upon, but it doesn't detract the fact that I'm Chinese, you know, and I'm mm. really proud to be Chinese. So I think when I wear that watch, I'm proud, you know, to, to be Chinese. And it really pulls on those kind of like heartstrings. When, talk, when you talk about like a, just a decent watch, yeah, I think, you know, I love the data graph. I think it's flexible. Um, I'm very content with that watch. You know, you know, when you reach those, that plane with a watch where it's been through X amount with you, you already kind of gone through the highs and lows of wanting it, loving it, and you just respect it, right? Mm -hmm. It's there to stay. Yeah, I have that relationship with the data graph. So yeah, one of those two, I guess. Mm -hmm. How about you, Jack? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I have two choices. Um, one is this little tiny um, tank abyss that um, I first bought, like before I knew anything. So that, you know, will always have a very special place in my heart. And I think you can't really go wrong with a vintage tank. Um, and my second option is, I mean, you guys know the, the one that I lost or almost lost. And I was like... <laughs> uh just like going paranoid and literally went a little bit insane um so i i, I if i you know that would be another one that i would keep for the story and just remind me to count my lucky stars and then maybe just move on so are you, are you allowed to say the the reference yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. It's the um 3970, the one that I lost in transit. Yeah. That's okay. for life, right? Yeah. And because, okay, also, you know, that one, I've always said, I have another more modern one, and I guess like in people's eyes, more desirable. But if I were to choose between the two, I will always pick the, the white dial one because mm. you can always match different strap colors and like white, you just cannot go wrong with black sometimes you know, can't really be that versatile. So um, that would be the one. Mm. Alum? Mm. Maybe just datograph. Mm. Yeah. Just one to keep like for the rest of my life, right? 
Yeah. I just How do you feel about like... that, Beta Graph Lung? Because it's not a watch. Yeah, when people ask us that question, you always kind of put that up there and you say, um, yeah, that's the one I'd run out or something if the house was on fire and stuff. But yeah. like, what kind of feeling do you have with that watch? Because you don't, otherwise you don't really hear you mention it. I just think it's so well designed. Like you never look at it. Like every time you wear it, you still feel like, whoa, I can't believe I have this. It's so nice. Yeah. I think the Datagraph yeah. is one of those very few watches that gets better with time. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. Mm. Because yeah. the movement patinas and mm. it just becomes warmer and warmer. Yeah. Like with this glow. And also mm. the design, it basically like how many wash designs can you say that kind of started a brand? The Datagraph mm -hmm. was that watch. You know, you can argue yeah, long in one, but you know, more people are more you know obsessed and attracted to the Datagraph. So, something that Long Long said um, in a previous episode that really resonated with me. I think she was talking about the World Time, mm. um, which is. You appreciate the aesthetic beauty, but then when you turn over it, yeah, mm. it's kind of like you know the movement's like, yeah, like yeah. it's okay, yeah. but it's not mm. like mm. Langer or or yeah. even these independents. And as you kind of have an appreciation for watches, whether you are really into movements or not, you definitely build an appreciation of movement finishing as you progress. Um, mm. And if you have bought a Langer watch you kind of never, yeah, and you're very spoiled with the data graph, let's be honest. Like even with Langer, you're very spoiled. It will never, you'll never feel like that. Like where you look back and think, oh, you feel let down by the movement. So it has those pillars of design and then, um, yeah, the movement is that to the standard where you think, ah, you know, it's equal in a way. Yeah, so I remember you saying that and it, it really resonated with, with me. I feel exactly the same. Yep. Uh, next question. Do you want to go or should I ask? Uh, you do two and I'll do one. So you do two and I'll do one. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, this is kind of relevant to what is happening in the market right now. Um, so uh, Mate Salate, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Mate Salate asks, my paddock and Rolex lost half of its peak value. Still no sell. Is this the bottom? What's next? So let me expand that a little bit um, to just what are your current thoughts on what's going on with the market right now? Because we've seen some kind of drastic changes, especially with firsthand um, new watches. Mm. Is he talking about the market then? Is that what is that the question? Yeah. So he says, my paddock and Rolex lost half of their peak value and still no sell. Yeah. Is this the bottom? So kind of like, what's your prediction? What's next? Uh, I think it'll still be probably challenging um, just because of what's happening like globally. Uh, you know, you have the Ukraine war. China isn't exactly, you know, with the deal within Shanghai right now, it'll take a while to get back to normal um obviously you know you look at the stocks and the crypto you know has that bottomed out because you know 
to buy watches, people need liquidity, people need capital. And um, if investors are generally not comfortable at the moment, you know, don't know where to put their money, they tend to probably hold on to it rather than mm-hmm. spending it, then, you know, it, it does have an effect on like people buying watches. <laughs> I mean, people are not going to be buying watches. It's not going to be in the forefront of your mind, right? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to, well, if you're bankrupt from crypto, like, or yeah, if you're a big investor and you see something like the Ukraine war, right? So I think you have to look at what's happening globally rather than pulling something arbitrary, like out of the air and say, yeah, it's, it's not bottomed out or it has bottomed out. Mm. Um, okay, I'll go next. I think, well, because <clears throat> you didn't specify what reference your watch is or references um i would assume that they're modern because really the dip uh, that we're seeing is pretty much in modern pieces and my my answer is look i think at this point you know we'd be all kind of silly if the concept of if my watch will keep its value um, has never like crossed our minds because I think at some point it all, you know, sneaks up upon you or, or, you know, is brought up in the conversation. Obviously it's not a bad thing that, you know, the thing that you like so much and you wear also when you do need to liquidate, you can, you can sell it. Um, But yeah, my answer is, look, if you're enjoying what the watch is bringing you, uh, I think just just keep it because even though like the modern, this is my opinion, I think um, it will continue to go down a little bit. I don't think it's hit rock bottom just yet, but um, if you're enjoying it, like I don't think it's that much of a big deal because you talk about buying cars, right? Like people, I don't know, buying cars or other goods in your life. Like when you walk out with um, an X class BMW or whatever, you automatically lose value, right? As as soon as you walk out of a dealership. So why can't watches lose value? Like why do you expect this to always be making money? Um, What's next? Again, I don't think it's hit rock bottom, but if you are someone who really cares about residual value, maybe look at vintage stuff because I think those are um, definitely the safer option currently. So that's my answer. What about you, Long? Mm, I agree about, um, because he didn't give the reference number that, uh, it's hard to say, but I think modern pieces have decreased in value. But then if you look at the auctions, right, obviously a lot of the older references are still doing really well. But prediction, I don't think it's going to keep going lower and lower. So there's no like, I mean, if this guy or girl is thinking about selling, I don't think he should think about timing when he's going to sell it, but more like... Mm, Am I bored? Yeah, like, are you really like are you you're probably spending too much energy now thinking about what kind Mm. of like it's like investment choice rather than Mm. how much do I like this watch right and he probably doesn't he or she probably doesn't like it that much at this point 
Mm. So um, if you're worried it's going to dip, I guess sell it and then find something that you really want to hold on to. Mm. Because I mean, the wave will go up and down, up and down, right? I got the feeling so, the way he asked the question, he's already lost though. So yeah, I, yeah. I got the feeling like yeah. if that's how you feel about it and you don't want to sell up like bottom, then I guess just put it in a safe and don't look at it. <laughs> look, another thing that we have to consider, which, you know, obviously you didn't mention here is what price did you buy it uh, at? Yeah. If you bought yeah. these at retail, you're still making money, right? Because I honestly, like, I mean, again, I don't know what watches you're talking about, but I'm assuming modern, maybe sport watches. And if you got them at retail, dude, I would just count, like, call it a day and be like, yeah, like, it doesn't really matter how low it drops. It's not going to drop back to retail because I really don't think the market will. Um, but if you bought it at a second um, market price, like a great, uh, market price and it's dropped lower than what you bought at then maybe and if you're looking for a quick sell then maybe just get as much as you can right now because again you don't know and just maybe reinvest that money into something that you actually can wear in a long term mm-hmm. and also like if you think about it it's not like when we sell something you can never get it back of course yeah. some things are imp- like almost impossible to get back but then um there is a way to get it back I mean, it's just how much you want to pay and how much you want to wait or how long you want to wait for yeah so yeah okay uh next question what do you guys think will be the next major innovation in the watch industry that's interesting um, so maybe like I don't know, watch NFTs or actual technical innovation or something else. Gosh, I can start. Um, I yeah. think you know the Bulgari one with the QR code. Yeah, you think? I mean, I want to say QR code on my watch though. Yeah, I mean, but I would call it no, an innovation. No, no, no. Can you imagine if you, yeah, like, especially if you were living in China and you can't go anywhere without your WeChat QR code, can you imagine if, like, that QR code were laser engraved on a watch and you just, yeah, you go anywhere with that and you can pay? Yeah, well, yeah, but QR codes, the thing is, they change. Like, I mean, I've got QR codes that are changing every 72 hours, man, because, you know, mm. you kind of like... need to put the QR code uh like engrave it into like uh somewhere on the movement or something so if your watch gets stolen they mm-hmm. can never sell it like there needs to be a better way now with like all the the um crime and everything for wearing watches to be safer mm. yeah so something yeah. you're talking like tracking yeah or... tracking and then um so we never have to rely so heavily on like trying to get papers and all this there should be an easier way just to track and to not be afraid that stuff will be stolen yeah mm. that would yeah. be very welcome if you had the exactly i think if you had the papers digitally linked to the watch and the ownership of such watch ah, oh, that would be great if someone could actually do that i think it's much needed yeah i agree with that imagine like insurance yeah. and stuff like that would be so yeah I, I really thought about um, the safety of like traveling with watches this time, right? Mm. When I um, when how I many did you Singapore, bring? I only brought 
too. So I always do one dress and one sport. Mm. Right. And then um, when I was in Singapore, I put the watch in the hotel safe. Right. And then I went to Maldives and I left the hotel room. So in a mess, like with all my luggages open, but, but watches were in the safe. And then when I was in the Maldives, I thought, oh, let me extend another day. So I called the hotel and then um, they were like, okay, the room is full. The rooms are full, blah, blah, blah. You need to come back. Then I thought, what if um, they just pack my stuff for me? And mm. then I really thought about this. And I thought the risk of someone um, getting the watch from the safe, even though it's locked with the password, right? And I was just being paranoid. I just thought it was so risky. And I just thought in my head, man, if there was a way to be so sure that if someone took my watches, I could still be like, okay, just scan the QR code. And then you can immediately identify who's the owner. Then it would be mm-hmm. so much like easier to travel. But yeah. Anyways. That would solve a big issue with mm-hmm. theft, especially. Yeah. Wow. What about you, Daniel? Was that your answer as well? Like- That's, it's a very, very required thing, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would welcome that kind of innovation for sure. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about um, blockchain and this other stuff, it is actually linked to what Long Long said about tra- having a stronger uh, identity with the watch where you can identify who actually owns it and it's the only one and it's authentic, you know, you can Mm. actually trace the whole pathway of the watch, the provenance of the watch. Mm. Um, You just by doing that, you solve a lot of issues, you know, for Mm. example, all fake watches, they just wouldn't be on the system. You know, you'd know if you're wearing a Rolex, that was like, you know, I mean, yeah, you can still get a fake one, but you know, all those people that are wearing fake ones, that don't even know about it. Mm-hmm. That, that that would be less likely to happen. Yeah. How many people do you think wears a fake watch? Uh, I, 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 I think a fair few, because I think yeah, I people, people, really? I think people as well sell them, sell them not knowing they're fake. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you clearly have to spend more time in Hong Kong and you realize <laughs> yeah. there just can't be that many Daytonas around. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, there can't be so many Richard Mills yeah. of the same type. No, it's, it's, uh, didn't, who told the story? Like, uh, you kept on asking to look at the watch and then the guy would never take it off his wrist or something like that. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, this is a full, um, the Patek Nautilus, the full diamond one, like where the bracelet was diamond as well. <laughs> yeah um okay uh your turn daniel next question oh, next question um was by horologer okay and it was your thoughts on the moon swatch marketing gimmick or marketing genius and uh yeah so i've looked at that question i've got my answer ready so i'll go first and give you guys some thinking yeah. time but you know when i think brands right they they come up with an idea and they think, yeah, it will help my brand, you know, through marketing. I'm not sure they think this is a gimmick. This is going to be genius because that is kind of determined by the public, really. You know, you can try stuff and but the, the, the jury is with the, the public. So if something is really, really successful, people call it, oh, that was genius. 
the brand doesn't say it was genius, right? Um, and so if we look at the result of the moon swatch, I think it was a, I think it was a good idea. I think it was the initial part was executed really well, super hyped, got a lot of attention for both brands. But unfortunately, I just don't think it, they can maintain it and carry on. It's like stage two, stage three, stage four um, just wasn't well thought out. And so they couldn't continue that energy and hype into a positive way. And if you go so high and inevitably then just dip so quickly, yeah, then people will say gimmick, right? But if you managed, if you had managed to keep it going, People would have said like marketing genius, but there was no next thing, no next thing, no, no next thing. You know, even if, I don't know, like even if they hadn't done, like I don't know how many watches, it was 12 watches or something, like all in one go. And they they were at least able to get, carry on that hype somewhat a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, they kind of just blew it out there. Seems like production wasn't really expected. Uh, me, you, you were saying you were like queuing for one since that day, Jack. I've never even heard you talk about it, and <laughs> I haven't even spoken about it. And I was like equally kind of excited about getting one. Um, you were, I remember. Yeah, and now I'm like definitely probably not going to get one. So, yeah, I know it's cheap, but still, you know, I don't need an extra watch that I don't well weren't really really into. So, yeah, that's what I think. Does I that think make sense? Yeah, I think the pre-launch marketing was really smart. Um, they made a fantastic website, that's for sure. But like the initial hype, obviously, that's what drove more people to um, want to be hyped up about it. And obviously, the production numbers couldn't um, feed demand, so that created kind of like an artificial um yeah demand but then you know from this whole thing from the beginning was look we're releasing during covid we don't want you to line up i mean they literally have posters or like hand written signs on every single uh, swatch store and we're like this watch is not limited you can buy them online later on don't line up, like, please follow COVID procedures and whatnot. And what do they do? There's no more online release. So that's like the one thing that I'm kind of pissed about, which is, I mean, who knows, maybe there will be another, like later down the road, but they certainly promised that they were going to be made available like two weeks after the official launch. And it wasn't. So I don't know if that was just really bad planning. Maybe they didn't expect so many people to want it but you would think that a group like swatch group have their shit together and then another thing is i mean again i don't want to keep talking about this but the quality right yes i understand people who were lining up and trying to resell it and even you know uh influencers and swatch themselves said look don't you shouldn't look at it as an as an omega you should look at it as a swatch right mm -hmm. and people were trying to buy it um with the same expectation as buying an omega which is mm, built in much 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 higher quality and 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 
yeah, then the Swatch Omega. And I think the only thing, like, Daniel, I remember you being really excited. And even, like, queuing, you were like, okay, sure, like, I might queue for it. But it wasn't until I showed you the Neptune one with the color rubbing off the, the back of the wrist. You were like, oh, like this. I'm, I'm not going to buy this because, like, you're basically, it's just a novelty, right? You're basically, how, what percentage, uh, what percentage of people bought it just so they could show on Instagram or YouTube, hey, I got it, you didn't um versus what percentage like bought in or wearing it every day i don't know the, the thing is just because it's cheap yeah it doesn't make it okay for the color to rub off yeah mind. like you i would I mean? rather like, you sense. charge more you still expect yeah i mean it's, it's still a heft if you think about how much does it cost how much does it cost by the way 200 like 300 canadian okay um, yeah like i can get like some really good headphones with that <laughs> like you know, from Sony headphones, you know, and like, they don't, don't mess up. Like, don't do that kind of shit. Like, I just don't think, you know, it's still money and I just don't expect the color to, to rub off. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree, you know, with like the way they planned it, you can have that initial hype online and everybody queuing for it. I don't know about you guys, if you've actually seen it in real flesh, I haven't. Um, I have. But <laughs> if, if people aren't wearing it out, it's kind of like the second stage is hard to, because you need to see people wearing it. You can't just keep looking at it in a, on the social media. You know, yeah. you need to see people, they need to talk about it. They need to build that kind of image for you. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't think that they were trying to make a quick buck. Like, I think it's kind of like the way that McDonald's um, wants kids to get into the habit of eating McDonald's, right? So I actually think, okay, this is just to like prime a younger generation to uh, be into Omega and then eventually move into Omega. I don't think anyone that gets this watch that's new to the watch world will stop there. I think it moves on and it's unlikely they're going to go back and buy another swatch. So the only direction after that is to go Omega Moon Watch. So mm-hmm. they are prepping these people now and they're six, like 16 years old onwards to be like when they are 30, the first watch will be Omega. Because I think after this, there's only one way up. So you have to like get something more expensive or better finishing or the the so-called real thing. Yeah. So I think it's more like a marketing gimmick where- Down the road. Uh, yeah, down the road, just to prime younger people. I mean, they sure, you know, got young people to wear watches, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, actually, talking about- since we're talking on this topic, right? I just want to fit in another question that was uh, sent in by our good friend Angus. Yeah, mm. Gus, Gus Mac D, and he asked. Um, he did ask about the the collab between Omega and Swatch, but he was uh, he also asked what other collab would you like to see between a brand? What other collab? No. Um. You guys saw the, did you guys see the uh, Undefeated and Moser collab? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? No. I think to answer that question, like there are some brands that you don't think, or it's unlikely that they will do a collab, right? Like Patek. Mm. I don't think Patek has ever done like an official collab. Um, but I would love to see one, um, but it's unlikely. 
the Moser and undefeated collab. I thought, first of all, I'm a big undefeated fan. Um, their undefeated like Air Jordan threes were one of the not Air Jordan threes, Air Jordan fours were um, you know one of my grills when I was still collecting sneakers. So I I I love the undefeated colorways and whatever. When I first saw the collab between Moser and Undefeated, I thought, interesting looking watch. Don't see myself buying one, but uh, kind of cool take on trying to bring, open up a new segment for independent watches. It's, in this case, Moser, because I think... Mm-hmm. Moser, while it's it produces, you know, more than a lot of other independent brands, but it's still very, very niche. So I think um, it's it's good for them to open up a new segment. And they, I think, I saw them um, market it with West Lang, so people who are familiar with street culture, and they didn't try to do it like, um, okay, I hope this doesn't come out as wrong. Um, their marketing tactic wasn't like we are trying to brand this collab as the most luxurious or upscale thing that you can buy. Uh, But rather it was like kind of chill and very casual and be like, yeah, we did a collab with Unfeated and they did an entire interview with the two founders or yeah, Ed and and what's his Undefeated's uh, founder's name. So I thought the marketing um, was very comfortable. It wasn't, uptight it wasn't trying to be something that they're not because at the end of the day it's a streetwear brand right it's supposed to be comfortable it's supposed to be casual Mm -hmm. um but i don't see myself buying (laughs) buying one i think for a brand like moza yeah it's actually okay to to do that kind of thing because you know they've always been that brand that pushes like humor pushes like that kind of i think people that like moza will appreciate that they did that and some brands that, are just like it just feels right for them to do collabs yeah you know? yeah, yeah and moser is definitely one of them like yeah yeah moser did a collab but then if you were to name other independents like it doesn't feel as right i would say yeah like when i think of a, a good collab although I, I think the watch is huge i think is the the Erwerk and db they did they did a collab yeah. right and i think that is a perfect that when you just even just when you think about those two brands coming together, you think, wow, that is gonna be cool. Like that's gotta be cool, right? Mm-hmm. And another person I think that does kind of great collabs with LePay, you know, is MBNF, you know, who they pick, you know, you really think that they it's synergistic for both brands. And like all collabs, like you're a big sneakerhead. Everybody here, even even if they aren't a sneakerhead, already knows about how many collab sneakers do. There, there is a danger of like overdoing too many of them yeah yeah and then it's like well it's not special because there's the next one and there's the next one but when two brands are lined up so beautifully like Erwak and db now i think it really really just works but has to be once once in the blue moon kind of thing can i say yeah can i say just like one more thing along which is i was looking at a photo of it today because it popped up on the on the feed and um, one question that did cross my mind was there's no Moser logo 
on the watch. Mm. And then automatically, like the, the quote that popped up in my head was John Mayer and Ben Clymer on their second talking watches where they were talking about the Amani Kanjar um, uh, Daytonas. Um, and John Mayer was like, how much do you think of your brand to say, like, get that Rolex logo off there? And just have the conjar and no Rolex. And Ben was like, Yeah, that's something that would they would never do now. And then I was looking at this watch, and there's only the undefeated logo at 12 o'clock. There's no Moser, mm. I don't think, on the dial. Um, but then I was like, it doesn't need it because you can argue that the bracelet of the watch is of the streamliner is so Moser that if you were a watch person, you would know that, hey, that's the streamliner, the streamliner from, from Moser. Um, that is also Moser's signature, isn't it? They don't put their logo on. Um, they go for that whole minimalistic logo. Uh, they put on their logo, but yeah, there's a few that they don't put their logo on. Mm. Yeah, but then they also did apparel. So, you know, that's also collides with Undefeated. Um, yeah, belong. Uh, I actually wanted to see a collab that um, so is between a, a watch brand and something completely random. So, mm. I mean, I was thinking about like how we interviewed Carolina Bucci because I think that collab with AP is crazy good, right? But you have to take a skill from outside watchmaking. So in this case, jewelry. Then I thought, okay, let's just say something random like Baccarat, right? Crystals. If you could learn mm, yeah. their skills and how could you incorporate that into a dial, even though it's really fragile, but if there's something you can learn from another industry and find a way to like weave it into the watch in a way that's like not literal, like it, it has to be seamless. Like it feels effortless, mm -hmm. right? Then it'll be a really good collab. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so you're I, saying I, rather than like sticking two brands together and just putting the logo yeah, on, yeah, like just yeah. being a bit lazy about it, you have to have like she she mentioned about working with AP, didn't she? About how they're the experts in this, and she incorporated her design. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, because if you you know people that don't buy baccarat, but you're you yeah. can see okay you you look at the glass and you can guess that it's baccarat because it has a certain type of um the yeah. way they cut the crystal right so yeah. imagine you can recognize it without the brand even showing i think that's cool yeah yeah that would be cool by the way guys i just completely slapped my own face the watch does have moser's yeah, yeah i was looking at it's it just so like you can't see <laughs> it's just so like hidden <laughs> Um, because of the like the official uh, photo on Moser, that's really clear. But then all the press photos, you can't see it. Like it's very, very hidden. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess they included their logo. Mm -hmm. Good. <laughs> yeah. Because it came from you, and I saw the logo. I thought, no, Jack must have found one that has no logo. That has no logo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, good for good for uh, Moser, Ed, and, and, and undefeated. Um, okay, so I think we should move on to the last few questions. Yes. Um, book recommendations doesn't have to be watch related. Okay, I have to go first because this everyone can read it within a day. Yeah, I just finished reading this thing that has been like, okay. So every time I go into quarantine, 
I lose weight, like without trying, even though I'm finishing like everything and ordering more food and um, either the food just sucks, right? Or it's yeah. just like, I don't know, whatever. My body's like in stress from trying to get out or something. Yeah. But I was reading this thing called Glu- Glucose Goddess. Okay, she has a book called Glucose Revolution and she has a page of it if you are like too lazy to read. Anyways, long the, the whole theory is you think of your stomach like a sink. And so under the sink is a pipe. So you have to eat things in a certain order. So you eat vegetables first. So it starts to sink, like it fills up the bottom half of the sink and then it's going to filter into the pipe, right? And this already coats whatever's about to come. So you can start eating carbs, whatever you want to eat, but the absorption is way less like in your body. Because you ate vegetable first? Yeah, so you just gotta eat vegetables first, and they okay. and this whole book is filled with graphs, like infographics and oh, pictures. Wow. So it's very easy to understand, and it's really easy to read. And it's not trying to make you understand like statistics. It's just like very real life examples. Like mm-hmm. if I'm about to eat breakfast, how to eat breakfast, and it's so informative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like so it's a bit like how when we were teenagers we used to say do you know what like drink a glass of milk before you head out because it'll line your stomach so you don't absorb the alcohol yeah. and get drunk and then much. yeah but that's not true because i still felt sick <laughs> <laughs> i've tried like yogurt bread olive oil everything mixed together like nothing works hmm. oh you can try carbon pills what yeah carbon, carbon pills Oh, you know, carbon, the, the ones that like stop a food poisoning. Okay. I'll you, should send- recommend it. you should recommend it to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? All right, Dan. Book mm. recommendation. And what book are you on? Because aren't you doing like 20, like 48 yeah. books? Are you doing it this year? I, I don't put all the numbers down. So I don't know. I need to look back to the list. I'm reading this book at the moment. I'm reading a few, but like, it's just there. I can just see it. It's called The Christmas Pig, right? Oh, I don't know right. if you've heard about it. <laughs> like, what's so funny? It's Dan's autobiography. Because Lalan just talked about how to lose like glucose and then your book is called The Christmas Pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's obviously a Christmas book. Uh, it's written by J.K. Rowling. So, oh yeah, that's, yeah. So that's why I wanted to to read it. Um, it was actually a Christmas gift, and it was delayed because it actually didn't come for Christmas. Actually, I don't think it even was published for Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. so I managed to get it, and then I started reading it. Um, it's written in a like typical J.K. Rowling kind of style, but yeah, I couldn't recommend it right now. I'm about halfway through. It's because. I, I feel like she had one eye on this becoming a film. And so oh. it's written in a way where you can picture it like a film and all that kind of, there are a few areas where you thought like her creativity, her imagination, oh, that's really impressive. But otherwise you just feel it's going to be a quite relatively straightforward production mm. for people to do. And, and therefore I'm, it starts off quite strong, but then yeah, loses his way. Okay. I'm still reading um, The Count of Monte Cristo, which, yeah, I'd recommend that book, but it's massive. It's a massive book. And it isn't a book that I'm like, 
you know, the Christmas pig and the book you just said long, you need to sometimes reread it. It's one of those books because the language used and the way people express things, it isn't, it's in, done in such a subtle way. So if you go back to whenever the book was written, there is that beauty in how people um, articulated their thoughts and how they express themselves. There's a real beauty to it. Um, but then it isn't always so straightforward to understand. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of like, through that story, yeah, like life challenges that you can resonate mm. with. It's got it all there. It's got romance. It's just, this is all there in one book. Um, mm. So I'm about halfway through. I'm taking my time over that one. Yeah. So those, those ones. About yeah. you, Joe? I reread that book, I think, towards the end of last year. And you're completely right. Um, sometimes like you cannot doze off while reading that book. Yeah, you can't. And then you have to keep going back. Like every time after I doze off, I have to start at least two pages back because you're just like, <laughs> okay, dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. I know what they're saying, but then what context this is again? Yeah. Um, and the characters as well. There's so yeah. many characters uh, that you have to. The make. Yeah, the arc is so not really clear um, of the main characters. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's a good book. I've been reading, to be honest, not many books um, because I'm currently studying for the GRE. So my my desk is all study books. But um, I do have um, a poetry book on, on my, um, my desk. It's by, I mean, you guys probably have heard of her. It's a Canadian poet called uh, Rupi Kaur. She actually just had a book signing in Vancouver I couldn't get to. Um, but she just released her new book not too long ago. And I've just been... Sometimes, like, when I need to not think about what condition I'm in and just maybe escape mm -hmm. a little bit, I read a poem. Um okay to kind of put myself in her shoes and what, how she must have been feel, feeling like when she was writing that poem. It's, it's quite um, empowering uh, mm. to read. So she wrote that's... Milk and Honey or something, right? Yeah, that was her first. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's written. Have you, have you read much poetry? Well, because like, recently I've like, been yeah. thinking about getting into a bit of poetry, like I not writing it, from... reading it. I've read a lot of Singaporean poetry and it's about a lot of, cause Singapore has like different races, right? Mm. So there's a lot of um, poetry uh, written by Indians talking about like what it's like to be an Indian in Singapore. Mm. But um, I still think they need a bit of work. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, cause poetry is not supposed to be so literal. So yeah, sometimes I think there's just mm. a lot of like rhyming, but it's not very deep, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Should we go one last from me and then one last from you? Okay, I'll go with me first. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Chrono Path asked, "Why not video podcasts? Nice to see the watches and facial nuances." <laughs> she also asked the same question to me. All right. So, well, I, I say first, like, yeah, you know, the podcast at the moment takes enough time as it is. Yeah. Um, that's number one so it's a capacity thing it isn't like we wouldn't want to do it so i guess mm -hmm. i could just put it out there if somebody wants to offer their Watch services it. for free yeah 
for at least a year where they can set it up, tell us basically, I require no brain power. And he just tells me what to do, right? Mm. And can do it to a good enough standard. We would definitely consider it. <laughs> but honestly, if someone wanted to watch us so badly, especially the three of us who look like this, right? <laughs> like, I would be happy for them to join the podcast and just turn off, like, put themselves on mute. <laughs> like, if they, it's just like watching Guys, us. Like, you heard it. Like, yeah. we're in our pajamas most yeah. of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we could do like a yeah, live. I totally don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so would you guys be video editor out there reach out yeah i'm not saying we definitely would but i don't think it it, it's it's just a lot of work right it's just a work thing yeah yeah but not against the idea yeah yeah um okay actually you know what let me ask one more question before the last one because the last one is is so good that i want to prepare for it um a lot of people ask this question by the way so that's why i feel like we answer this sometimes but mm. a lot of people asked it which is like currently right now your top three grill watches such a terrible question yeah but i feel like so many, many people ask this so let's just answer it um I don't think it's changed for me until the day I get it. Then, then you like reset, right? And then you have new grills. So yeah. I still want, at least I know one. I still want the Flying T MBNF. But which collaboration? Because he did a few. Like there was like Hourglass Edition, and uh, some were uh, different years had different colors, right? That I'm not sure about. But at least just the overall shape and the idea of the watch, I find fascinating. That's the ladies MBNF. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's always there until the day I get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. God, I don't want to say pedic because it's just like never ending. Like so many yeah. references and it always change. Every episode I listen to, I'm like, okay, I changed my mind. No, already. actually, you know, just be honest. The reason why you don't want to say is yeah. because you don't want us to find out what your password is. <laughs> <laughs> Which you don't know. <laughs> I have so many passwords. It's so confusing. That's why you forgot. I, yeah. Every time, because you know how your banks and different things will tell you every yeah. few months, it's time to yeah. change your password. Yeah. Okay, just name drop two random quick. Come on. Okay, fine. Then still five zero zero four. And then and then, so one independent one five zero zero four and. Okay, last one I don't know. Fine, a sixty seven zero two until I get it. Then I just want to know if I can feel what I still feel. But is- but I think that watch, if I get a, the flat RM, if I get that on the rubber strap, I'll probably get the most wear out of it. Of oh, all my watches. 6702. Yeah. Given, okay, now we can travel and uh, I can just wear it the whole day. Yeah. Which color yeah. would you get? Uh, I, I know in my head I wanted white, but now I actually think green is green. Mm. Like green is just really crazy. Mm. Uh, mm. Just kidding. Any color. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Daniel. Mm, I, I really want the wretch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I really want one. Like, those, uh, if you're listening, 
they're not. Yeah, yeah I really want one of those. So I have to put they're that listening. Three, three-hander in there. Yeah. And then, um, okay, I will say, yeah, I haven't thought of the third one, but Patek, I, I'm in two minds. It could either, I guess, yeah, like, I like the 5004. I mean, that's never been in doubt, right? But I also like the 3970 uh with the tachymeter dials, you know, um, a piece that you kind of too... have, Jack. Yeah, I know. So it's hard. <laughs> okay, it's hard. Well, if I sell it, I'll give you first right of refusal. Okay, thank you. Final um, one. The third one. I don't know. You kind of like. I don't know if watch. I think watch collectors will resonate when I say something like this, which is. Um, you kind of want to reserve that just in case something pops up and you think, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. like I this really want that now, so right? And I don't have to, don't yeah. have to swap out. That yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. until I get further down my journey, I'm going to leave that one empty, you know? No, empty slot. no, no, no. That's unfair because that's, <laughs> that's how I fair. felt. You have to just say um, something. <laughs> come on, Lala literally like spurted it out. You have to do the same. Yeah. The way we answer these questions Come is on. as if it's like concrete, like it's happening in our world. Yeah, lives. that's the thing. It's like it's like non-changeable. Like I can't. Okay, if I'm gonna split something out, I'd say something like a Langer Handworkskunst. Which one? Okay, that's unfair. Then yeah, like you have to be more specific than that. Yeah, it needs to be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. You say that, and he said Rich Effie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Richard Lange PLM yeah okay 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 equally unrealistic but okay <laughs> that would be pretty okay oh, Jack be awesome if, those, if I had those three watches yeah that would be awesome <laughs> Jack's like I want the Moser undefeated but without the logo <laughs> Jack will say, yeah, uh, what was it? Jupiter Moon Swatch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay, guys. One watch that I haven't been able to stop thinking about, and it's so cliche, but. Daniel Wellington. No, 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 no. It's like so cliche, but so good. It's the, it's the 1518. Okay. I've always thought the twenty four ninety nine, right? Because that's all you hear. Like, oh my god, twenty four ninety nine, twenty four. Then when I saw the fifteen eighteen beside a twenty four ninety nine, but it was a fourth series, so that's a different. You, know, you can argue, dude. The fifteen eighteen is, in my opinion, far superior than the third or fourth, or maybe even the second twenty four ninety nine. So one of my grail watches would be a mm, i won't go steal because that's like okay just calm your like tits like that's no too much um i would want to go for a rose on rose which is relatively more common than the steel but yeah that would be a grill um the second one would be i mean just for the sake of it like uh the the um Oh, what's it what's it called the the new um advanced research minute mm-hmm. repeater 
because okay. I, I just want a minute repeater. Like I've never had it. And I just want to like pull the, what was it? What is it called? The lever, the lever thing. Yeah. The lever yeah. thing. Like, I don't know why, like I just, yeah, I've never had one. So, so you just want to watch with the mini repeater. It doesn't have to be paddock, right? Yeah, it doesn't. But then come on, if we're talking about grill watches, like why not, right? And plus the sub-second spins. And then um, a third <sighs> grill watch. This is hard. Wait, what did you guys say is your third? Uh, I said Lange. Uh, I said RM. Oh, God. okay um oh my god i'm actually blanking i'm just gonna okay i'm just gonna say the one that i've always want which is the <laughs> long long you're gonna laugh the the one i said i would do something for which is the <laughs> 20 no, i want you to say who you do the thing with. <laughs> <laughs> the 24 and 97 in yeah. white gold okay Okay. Done. After the after the way like you just went like the way you answered that, I can see why someone would want to see our faces when we talk. Why? Because the amount of like expressions like that go through your like on your face when you talk about watches and just dreaming about like the likelihood of you getting one is <laughs> 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 just epic. <laughs> Basically, like how pathetic we all look. No, I think it's really true, though. It's like we say it as though it's going to happen tomorrow. You know, like we really get invested in it. Oh, I couldn't leave that one out. I yeah, you know, like, I couldn't. Somehow, for some reason, I can't just... We've asked that question so many times. None of us could, like, it's like torture every time. Yeah, we've answered that question. going to happen. Yeah, we've answered that question so many times, and you would think that by now it would just be instant, but... I think we change as well, right? And I think, you know, just as the watch industry has changed a lot in the last two years, so have we and how we see watches and how we've been expecting. And we talk about watches so much, right? Um, see, I, you know, I, I, I'm getting the purity of the three. Why didn't you say, why didn't you say just like, wait, actually, let me ask this question. If you could get one watch like right now, that because we're talking about the market, right? And I think this is actually relevant. Um, what's one watch that you would be more tempted to get right now because of the market dip that you wouldn't have considered as much before when the prices were so high? Yeah, but all the watches I like, the prices never actually came down. Ah, <laughs> like... uh, really? No, some of the modern paddock like perpetuals. Not that the discount is big. Mm. I thought you were going to say the ceramic Daytona, Danny. Uh, is that yeah, but it's like, it's like it's, yeah, yeah, but it's like it's like what Long Long said, yeah. Like, I think with that, yeah, it's just cyclical. Like, if you really want yeah. it, it's not like I can't get it, I can still get it, I'll just pay more for it. Like, it's not unattainable grail, is it? It's not really, un- no. it's not, it's not. I know that sounds like really shitty to say, but it's not unattainable. Can I just say, um, you have Luca, right? Your cat, yeah. If you could, um, if someone could loan you like an 1815. But in return, they have your cat like for that amount of time, right? Oh, Would take you? him! <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you bitch! <laughs> take him! Yeah, you could have Wait, pretended so, that was a so I get condition. so so I get him back when I return the watch. Yeah, yeah, but that's terrible. Wait, but so if I don't give the watch back, so I can keep yeah. the watch for as long as they can keep Luca. Yeah, 
Yeah. What about yeah, if the I person know. like is Chester? Now I know what kind of... You have to loan it to Ch- loan him to Chester. Um. Well, I have to loan it to someone who actually is capable of taking care of a cat. So, I don't know if Chester is capable of taking a cat. That's thinking highly of Chester. Obviously. <laughs> well, like if I lend Luca to yeah. Chester, like Luca's probably yeah. going to get sleep deprived, or okay, or I don't yeah. know something because because Chester doesn't sleep and like Luca eat very well though. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Oh yeah, that's true. Dan, you had to loan your wife, <laughs> but not like to like clean someone's house and be the slave. But in return, you get a grail watch. No way. But, uh, <laughs> no. No, if it was you, I'd consider it. Yeah, but... yeah. That's, like, that's unfair. How come okay. Jacqueline gets to loan a cat, and I have to loan my wife? Yeah, like doesn't okay. make sense. If I had to like loan two of you guys combined, I wouldn't even think twice. I'll be just like <laughs> take them. <laughs> I'll just find new friends. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. yeah but then like would you would you give us uh give the watch back or no like can't be forever <laughs> would Wait, you be friends with you us guys. again is that what you're yeah. saying can't be like forever like if if you were to get a watch and somebody okay. would literally yeah. like take us as hostages so for yeah like for us to be pirates free, or something yeah for us to be free you have to return or else we're taking <laughs> hostages forever Okay, where where are these pirates based? <laughs> That's true. If we're like, like, on a, you, like a like a really insane island, then you don't yeah, like Seychelles, like a nice island. I'll just let you guys stay there a bit. <laughs> okay, well, luckily, you know, like you know, she has the same mentality as one of the earlier questions about where the market dips, and she buys it, and the market dips. Yeah, and she never feels comfortable letting go of the watch. We're screwed. <laughs> Like, if the market never picks up yet, we screw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, our last question. Should I name drop? Or no? Okay. From Fat Xiao. uh, And the question is to Lung Lung. It's a two-parter question. First part. Why do you hate ugly dudes so much? And second part, would you consider adopting him as a son? Before you answer, I want to know, do you know this person? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know. Like, it could be like an inside joke between you or your friend, but now this makes it more interesting. I mean, what does he look like? Um, His profile picture is a photo of Mario. Okay. Gosh, how do I even answer this? First well, all, answer I the first hate... part first. Why do you hate, do I hate I gotta say, right, This question, I... although it's asked by yeah. whoever you said it was asked by, is probably like, I don't know, she probably gets about 10, 10 15, or 20 of these a day. Right? So, <laughs> so yeah. everybody listening, probably, you know, she's answered for everybody. Yeah. But I hate ugly people just like you guys hate fat people <laughs> and smelly people, right? And it's all subjective, right? You have to cut this part out. <laughs> yeah. Like Jack 
obviously being so smelly and she just <laughs> hates smelly people as well no the reason why you hate ugly people is because you know that like if people were to offer you like a watch to trade like you can't really trade for like the watch that you want with <laughs> ugly people <laughs> you know what okay. i mean so <clears throat> but yeah guys okay second part would you consider no, adopting him as a son what does he offer yeah i was gonna exactly what's the trade yeah guys i don't know what your intention was for asking this question but if you really want to um you know file for adoption or whatever i don't know like what your current situation is but yeah i i I can point you to some official government websites that could (laughs) yeah um but anyways guys jokes aside um that's the uh end of the first q a uh again we got a lot of repetitive questions so um i kind of did my best to select the ones that you know, most people wanted to ask us um and then yeah let us know what you thought about that if you have other questions because we get feedback from episodes all the time in our dms so if you have any like suggestions for example the video podcast um mm-hmm. i don't think it's an idea that we're against but yeah let us know um so we'll see you on the next one okay bye, bye. guys bye as always, thank you for listening to the waiting list podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us at the waiting list podcast on Instagram or via our private accounts. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.